This is the Blue Microphone's official podcast out here from the House of Rock in Santa Monica, California. I'm your host, Tyler Barth, with my co-host, Joe Gill. What's happening, man? Not much. Thanks so much for having me. Dude, let me tell you, it's been a long, long way since the first time we, we sat down. It has. Go, go a little bit deeper into that, Joe, before we tell everybody about who you are. Well, when we got here, I came with my managers. There was probably a hundred maintenance workers in the front yard of this place and I had no idea what we were doing I thought we had the wrong address at first for one it looked like <laughs> a total like someone was just building a new house and to think that there was a studio somewhere within between these thousand workers I just didn't even imagine that so we were sitting out in the front and then you told us to come on in and then when we got upstairs it's just ridiculous how how this place the studio just stupid so good exactly and i'm going to put some context to this so joe is going to come out to blue microphones factory and we we're going to do the podcast out there and because this ended up getting pushed to september next thing you know uh, i said you know i'm going to change the address on you you're going to come to the house of rock which is going to be the home to, to blue microphones for the next couple of months he had no idea what was going on you know there's a tractor out front brings his guitar up and next thing you know he comes up to the studio and I said, you know, I really want to do the podcast today, but why don't we actually send you around the house? Let's get sounds since you're the first artist that we've had in here um, and see how it sounds. You know, you play in your guitar, same song in all the different rooms. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was super rad to have every room mic'd up and ready to go is just ridiculous. That's like an engineer's and musician's dream to be able to do that. So today is Retribution Day. We're giving Joe the platform to tell his story the way that he, he wants it told. And for a lot of our listeners who may not know Joe Gill, Joe, where are you from? What are you doing in L.A. right now? Give us the lowdown. Uh, well, I grew up in Riverside, California, which is about an hour, 20 minutes east of L.A. I went to school at USC, studied architecture, about started that seven years ago. So I've been in L.A. for the past seven years. And after I graduated, about maybe two, three weeks, I want to say, after I graduated, um, I get an email from my manager, Brett Stair, and wanting to meet up and just kind of see what I was doing and hear some songs. And I didn't know what I was doing after I graduated because architecture was just, just not happening. Just there's no jobs in that. <clears throat> so I was like, if I'm not going to be successful as an architect or I might as well be not successful as a musician. And so <laughs> it um, kind of took off from there. Kind of just gave me like the confidence to think that I could actually do it, to have someone else believe that I could do it. So we, we've been working together for the past, I want to say three years. And um, now it's just things have really kind of done well. I've kind of made a little place home for myself in LA music scene and even just talking to you over the last couple of minutes you've you've worked with quite a few of our blue <clears throat> artists in the in the blue mob as we call it um, the musicians of blue who are using blue and uh, it's it's really nice to hear that that you know you found a home in LA and that you found your way into the the homes and recording studios of other blue artists that's exciting to us oh it's super crazy how just small once you get up once you start meeting people in Los Angeles, how small the community is. And it's really cool to, to find the, the people that are 
kind of like the community like so it's been really amazing and that's just random because just the past three weeks I've met two I've had two sessions with two of your people and it was like oh yeah you know Tyler yeah <laughs> and they both were still using the blue mics which was pretty pretty cool always great to hear that but before we dig in and go to the track that you recorded today here at the studio um, I would love to know when you knew that music was your calling. And I don't want to talk about like post-graduation and things like that, you know, having gone to architecture school. That's great. But who put the first guitar in your hand and how old were you? Well, I, I started playing uh, piano probably when I was six. And um, <clears throat> I remember, I think I was taking piano lessons when I was eight. And I wanted to learn this Bach piece that I had no business trying to learn at, when I was eight years old, eight or nine. And my teacher wouldn't let me. So I was like, forget this. I'm not learning your stuff. I want to learn this Bach piece. And so I quit piano lessons like maybe six months in. It took me like three years, but I learned the Bach piece on my own. And um, so I would be playing piano. I, that's what I'm probably more versed in is piano. And uh, started writing my first songs probably when I was 13 or 14, trying to impress somebody. And uh, didn't pick up a guitar until I wanted to write songs. Like, I never wrote a song on piano. Like, once I picked up a guitar, that was the first time I wrote a song, probably around 14. And I didn't know, I didn't think I was very good. I, I knew I could sing, but <clears throat> I didn't think I, w I knew how to write a song. And then... Um, as I was getting better and better, one of my cousins would just tell me that he really thought I had something, which was, I, I kind of just didn't really think anything of it. But I don't know, once as I was getting older, writing bad songs, the bad songs started getting a little better and a little better and a little better. And before I knew it, I felt like I knew how to write a song. So I didn't know at what age, I think it was a gradual thing, but around 14, I knew I could do something. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Um, and for all of our listeners who are not watching this via video, um, I have to say that Joe made the call. He made the decision. He said, if we can be outside, let's be outside. Mm -hmm. We had originally set up the podcast in the studio, but it just so happens that right outside the studio, we have like an outdoor patio, a smoker's deck for some, a, a place that we mm -hmm. like to watch the sun go down sometimes as well. And this is my first podcast from the House of Rock at this patio. <laughs> so this is actually refreshing. You know, I feel I, like we're getting our, our vitamins from the sun right now. I know. I felt bad because I saw everyone having to move everything out here. I was like, oh, let's just do it inside. But I was saying, like, we never get to be outside. And when you're doing music, is at least when you're in the studio, you just never see the light of day usually. Usually there's no windows and anything. So it's always refreshing to be outside and feel the fresh air. I could not agree more. In fact, I will say that for those who are listening to the podcast and hearing the, uh, I don't know what's going on behind us. I feel like there's been a dump truck, you know, <laughs> picking up trash in the same house for like the last 48 hours. Um, so that atmospheric sound is coming from the neighbor yard, the neighbor's yard. And uh, we just want you to know that that's not us. <laughs> um, okay, so today. Had already a lot of fun laying down an incredible track that I, I'm a huge fan of, having heard it for the first time. And I believe this is the first time you're recording this track, Gonna Find, right? Yeah. I mean, I laid a demo down. Um, my agent, my music agent asked me to write a song for some TV show. And I, I just sent him over this demo maybe a year ago. And I never did anything with it because 
I just kind of got lazy and I I finally had the ability to have like real drums like when I, I saw this studio I was able to like see that I could track real drums and have someone come in and actually kind of see it evolve so I brought in Adam Popic who this is an amazing drummer. He plays with Maddie Diaz, and I met Matt, I met Adam through Maddie, and asked him to come in. Actually, last night I went to Maddie's show, and I was like, I told Maddie to come down, and told Adam, and luckily enough, he came down and was able to play live drums, which is, I mean, that's that's what I feel like a studio like this is. You're able to do that, you know. Um, it's just kind of nice to have it, and to have people like setting up the stuff is just, it's a blessing. Well, I got to say, it's an honor to finally get you back in here after, you know, I think we had a month pass by where, you know, we we're getting the house. Basically, I feel like we've been getting the studio ready for you, Joe. You were, you were our <laughs> guinea pig on the first day, the first artist, the first everything here, the first guy to record in all the different rooms just to get sounds. And now mm. we've been actually mentally preparing for the last month for you. So it's, it's finally great to give you back the love that you gave us. I know, man. It's so nice to be here. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually glad it didn't work out the first day because now I've been back three times and it's just, <laughs> it's kind of worked better. And, and I think what's actually great, and, and I, I'm sorry, I know this is your podcast, but I, I, I love the House of Rock so much, I want to say this, that we've started to develop a community of artists that are not coming back just like once or twice, but like, you know, we had Pigeon John come back for a third time and you know, just our neighbors, Chris Chaney from Jane's Addiction came by, walked over the other day. And, you know, it's really nice to sort of find that, that sometimes even unannounced people are coming back over to the studio because if the studio is taken, you can hang out in the front yard, go into the living room, the great room, hang out in the kitchen with all the girls. <laughs> it's really a cool place just to be and just it kind of in a weird way just takes you away from Los Angeles like. It's it's so nice over here. This does not feel like L.A. You, no. you nailed it. Yeah. And uh, here we are, right, living in L.A., but not living in L.A. at the House of Rock. Yeah, I mean, you could just be here for at least an hour or something. At like, least an get... hour. I could spend pretty much the next three months here. I don't know about uh, you. No, for sure. I mean, I'll stay here as long as they let me stay. Exactly. Well, I, I, let me let me reiterate for everybody listening, this will not be the last time that Joe Gill comes out to the House of Rock. He's, <laughs> he's family, practically, so... <laughs> Um, well, let's play the track. Mm -hmm. Gonna Find by Joe Gill from the House of Rock. Here you have it.
Listen, I mean, I got to say something. This is phenomenal that this track was recorded here and born here. I know that you wrote it, a, you know, a year ago, but the reality is this is the first time we've recorded it, and you made the mic sound pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, to hear the drums with all of that, just it's so nice to, to be able to have that many mics at your disposal and quality. You know, they're not just like some cheap $20 Radio Shack mics. So it's, it's so nice. We can agree all day long, Joe. You're, you're feeding into me just agreeing, and I, I love that. Um, and Adam did a great job on drums, so yeah, shouts out, he's shout amazing. out to Adam. Thanks so much for him. Um, okay, so we have an album that will be coming out in the spring of next year. Uh, the current title is uh, Time to Move On, and we have a couple tracks mm. that we're going to highlight for our podcast listeners. Awesome. So, you know, maybe a little foreshadow to the album release. You get a sneak peek here on the Blue Microphones podcast. So, Joe, why don't we talk about the track, Where We Start. Where did you write this? I wrote this in, um, where did I write this? I wrote this with Melody Federer. We were trying to write a song, uh, I mean, to be honest, it was about, the, my agent at the time called me, he was like, we really want you to nail this song for this TV show, and it had to be a love song, and whatever else and so we kind of got in a room and started writing the song i had a guitar riff from years ago that I, I sent over to her like and we weren't even in the same room like i sent it through email and i was like start it i'm gonna be back in la in a couple hours and whatever you have will go from there and um so when i get to the studio she wrote these amazing verses like just killed it and I was like, wow, this is amazing. So we kept almost word for word her verses. And um, I wrote the chorus and the pre-chorus. And it was kind of like a weird way. Like we weren't together when we both started the things, but it kind of grew into this really kind of nice organic thing that just worked out. And I, I had, I've never really written a song for myself in that way before. So it was the first time for that. I absolutely love it. Let's play it for our listeners. From the new album coming out in spring of 2013, the album is Time to Move On and the track, Where We Start. Here you have it. You are what I've been missing you Are what life's been leading to i 
nothing in between Broken homes and talking dreams Until I stumbled into you Cause you are brighter than the dark to start a podcast i'm glad that you're the name of the track fed right into what i wanted to say this is very synergistic <laughs> I, I really love this um mm-hmm. all right well where we start phenomenal track i can't wait to hear the album especially if that's the way we're going to kick things off um now the title track of the album is t- time to move on yeah and so i'd love to know where the origin of this song um comes from because it clearly has meaning as i see it written down on paper i'd love to know the deeper story. I remember Joe. I wrote it. Um, it's coming up to, to two years ago and it was the new year. It was January and it was just like, I had finished my EP and kind of like the dust was settling, you know, like as a, that, the, my EP that I released two and a half years ago, that was my first thing as an artist. That was like my staple, like my, like kind of getting my wings off the ground and just trying to do it. So once the dust settled, I was like, dang, I thought that was it. I was like, I thought my career was going to fulfill itself after that EP. And obviously that doesn't really happen. 
And so it was the new year and I was like, okay, um, I guess you just move forward. And it was so many of these things like me not wanting to write anymore, like not thinking that I could beat my best song of my EP and whatever it was. So it was kind of just one of those things like trying to convince myself that you can't be like stuck with or settle with things that you've done in the past. And Joe, a lot of us can relate with that. Um, I think whether it's a relationship, uh, living maybe in the wrong country or yeah. city, or yeah. just even sometimes in school and everything, I think it's very meaningful. So I'm glad to have some clarity with that. Without further ado, folks, here you have the track, Time to Move On by Joe Gill. We've been fighting battles for our whole life We've been building barricades day and night We can sense an enemy further than we can see We have built our world in a place of safety Time to move, time to move on Time to leave all the sorrows Time to move, time to move on 
Time to move, time to move on And on top of it, another fantastic track. Joe, you're spoiling us. Seriously. And and I do love that we're very privy as the first ones, as our listeners will get a chance to obviously go out and buy that on iTunes in the new year. But uh, it's kind of cool that now now we know we've got... Now, have we decided? And I don't want to corner you, and I don't want to make you go on record saying this, but do we know how many tracks? Is there going to be 10, 12, 14, 6... Is this this is a full length album coming? It out. is a full length. Um, we're shooting for ten to twelve. Okay. Um, we have already probably fourteen, uh, and then we're we're probably gonna have by that time twenty. So we're just gonna choose the best songs. Like, and I don't want any like fluffer songs. Right. I just want stuff that I love. And if I love, I think other people will like. That's the beauty of our music business. You get to decide what goes on your album. Exactly. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun because we'll know it is those 10 or 12 songs true to Joe Gill. Um, Very exciting. Well, you know, the third part of the podcast is always fun because I ask you an artist that you're a fan of uh, who may have a track that has inspired you or just a track that you just absolutely adore and love. So um, please go ahead and give us your track. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, my track is my brother showed me um, this song by Elliot Smith, uh, Say Yes. I want to say uh, probably like nine years, eight or nine years ago, and it was something that really caught my eye. It really changed the way I wrote songs and um, just my whole outlook on the songwriting process. So it was a big song in my musical career. So thought I'd share it. So your track is Elliot Smith. Say yes. Yes. All right, folks. For all of our listeners who have not been privy to this beautiful song that I know extremely well, I'm very excited that you brought it up. We have Elliot Smith performing Say Yes. I'll probably be the last to know No one says until it shows See how it is They want you Great way to kick things off, Joe. I'm a huge fan of Elliot Smith, and I think a lot of people have been inspired by his writing style. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, especially amazing. those that have been on the podcast. He's, he's actually been extremely popular. Um, as I ask artists to pick a song, I feel like Elliot Smith is a popular one. Yeah, he's amazing. He's Rightfully really amazing. so. Yeah. Um, we do a house pick as well. I came across a guy named Sean Hayes who's actually been on the scene for a while. This is actually his seventh studio album he just put out on uh, September 11th. And uh, the album is called Before We Turn to Dust. Um, I listened through the album on Spotify, and uh, I really, really like Bam Bam, which is the third track on the album. Um, I don't know. It just It's a fun track to listen to, and I'm going to play it for you right now so you guys can choose if, if you agree with me. So here you have it. From Sean Hayes, the album Before We Turn to Dust, the track Bam Bam. 
in her pocket, make her body ring. Bam, bam. Ring a bell, ring a bell. Drop that bucket in the bottom of a well. I am lost in time. Pivot and swing your hypnotizing. Oh, yeah. There's no surprise. How I wanna do when I get beside you? I want to do this right. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see you. I want to do this right. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be with you. I want to do Before you hit the ground, boom, boom When you look real close Hard to tell who's in control Hip hop, hold on, let go I want to do this right I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see you I want to do this right I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be with you I want to do it super like the way he sings is so interesting it's like a talking but singing and i thought it was very interesting and i know that you when we played it you asked me where he was from and i think he's a descendant of new york slash north carolina who ended up settling in san francisco just started a family over there i think very he just cool. had his firstborn so to have seven albums means that you're doing something right you're doing something right yeah you're doing, you're doing something, something right, right. 
So that's very cool. I haven't seen him live yet, but I'm gonna seek it out and make sure that I think next time I'll I'll have to check him out because his songwriting's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's rad. Of course, we're now going back to Joe Gill, who also has great songwriting. He's a he's an inspiration to us all. I love when you can walk into we'll say the House of Rock and be inspired to record a song and and finish it at the House of Rock. It, yeah, I think. It, being that this is the first house of rock, it's it's great to have those stories that we can tell the future house of rock artists that walk through. <laughs> I mean, it's been such a kind of honor to be here and to be able to use your guys' facilities. This is just an amazing place, like seriously, to kind of get away from the madness that is Los Angeles. If you were to pick, I know that we've been recording in the studio today. But, you know, the first time we did the crash course and, you know, I said, can we record in every room? Did you have a, did you vibe with a specific room in particular? What was the room? Uh, I think it was the Great Hall, like the big room. The big one? Yeah, you know, you just, you can hear yourself. It's almost like you're playing, but then you're also listening as well, which is very different usually from being in a studio for sure. Like, it's so dead usually in a studio. Good answer. It's one of my favorite rooms, of course, outside the studio and maybe the master bathroom. But uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Joe, you're going to be playing shows coming up and, and you're going to be huge 2013 ahead with the album coming out. Uh, for anybody that attends one of your live shows and they come up to you after the show and they offer you a drink. If you were playing tonight, what would be your drink of choice? Um. You know, I just drink a lot of water. A lot yeah. of, folks, he is dedicated <laughs> to his craft. He doesn't want anything to cloud his mind to set him off to go do something silly. And uh, it would be a water afterward. If you had to choose an alcoholic beverage and like you, were, you had a gun to your head, even if you didn't drink it, what would be the cool alcoholic beverage for somebody that is an alcoholic that wants you to participate with them i don't know some probably type of super super old scotch or something like so a, you just went from like very budget to like a two dollar <laughs> water to he would like a 56 dollar shot yeah. of johnny walker blue okay for everybody and, and he won't take it as a shot he'll just sit and look at it to make sure that it breathes right just to be like classy or something that's right you have to do it yeah. that way um, all right, favorite venue that you've ever played, and then I want to go to favorite venue that you look forward to playing. We're gonna put that in the universe. Favorite venue I've ever played. I mean, I mean the most interesting venue I've ever played was. Uh, it's not the best by any means, but it was just a funny thing that happened. I was in Montana with Alan Stone and he like there was this one guy he was at this bar like i don't where we were i think it was whitefish montana and this guy who's right like maybe two feet from me playing and he was just yelling at me the whole time to play acdc and i was just like what like i don't even know acdc and it was just it was the funniest like experience i've ever had and it was just one of those things like as a musician you get those things like every show is not perfect but it was very good learning experience and it was just a fun time i hope that guy bought you a water afterward <laughs> or a very expensive scotch on the rocks i know he, he did not i he, he probably didn't even know who he was at that point he was so drunk 
but well that's that's life on the road right yeah exactly. um and i love alan stone alan uh, is is one of the very first blue artists actually um he came out to blue before we even had like the blue microphones experience i remember um, that i remember he showed me his mic he had a blue mic in his guitar bag and it, he's like oh yeah the guys at blue gave me this and i was like oh dude that's super rad badass all right now we move on to the final question I hope I planted the seed and it started to grow. Okay. What venue are you excited to play? We're putting it in the universe. It's going to happen. I know this is as vague as it gets. I mean, my dream would be uh, playing the the bowl. The yeah. Hollywood Bowl is just like one of those things. It doesn't get much bigger than that Like for in Los Angeles. And I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like when you get there, you just really feel like, you're doing something very right, <laughs> you know? In front of 25,000 yeah. very excited fans. Exactly. Um, by the way, it was a trick question because you being a Southern California native, if you had answered anything different, I might have had to pull you aside and, and re-ask that question for the podcast. <laughs> so that's great. Well, Jill Gill, thank you for coming out. I want to plug your website. It's uh, J-O-E-G-I-L.com. Um, if you go to Facebook, it's Jill Gill Music. And uh, everybody check it out. He'll be coming out with a lot of cool content. Uh, I know you tweet and Facebook update and do the whole thing, just as a good artist should and does. Yeah. And, uh, dude, it was a pleasure to have you out here today. Man, it's so nice to be able to come here. Thank you so much, man. You got it. And I'm thinking if you want to do overdubs or something outside, do record out here. Finish the song right here, right where we're sitting. If the sun allows you to, I feel like I'm now pitting, and I think I might I know, have just sweat out. I'm starting to get pounds. a little warm here. Getting getting ready for our lunch. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, here's a signing off from the House of Rock. Thank we you love you. Thanks so much. Peace. <laughs>